You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Talking Wrestling on the Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for tuning in. And welcome to the first episode of the new year, episode 27. Oh, boy, it's going to be a fun one, and it's going to be a great year. I am looking forward to it. The Ricky Steamboat uh, postcard giveaway will be announced that very soon. By now, uh, we should be receiving all the reviews in. And uh, But keep sending the reviews in for a chance to win another postcard from the 80s that we'll send out uh, for five stars and a favorable review uh, on iTunes. So get that done. Remember, you can check us out on all the socials, uh, on the Twitter at TNWPod, at Talkin Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. And if you want us to send us a Gmail, send it to TalkinWrestling at gmail.com. Folks, Jeepers, we're in the first week of January, we're upon Wrestle Kingdom, very excited about that, I'll tell you that, Omega versus Alpha, can't wait to see that goes, and now the Royal Rumble is also this month, there's so many things to look forward to, uh, we're in a good time with wrestling right now, and uh, today, I, uh, the first guest of the new year, a great buddy of mine, I uh, love working with him whenever I get to see him. You know, we came up uh, in the Yuck Yucks um, clubs together back in the day. He spends most of his time, I think, in L.A., maybe Vegas, all over the world, actually. And uh, last time I saw him, I believe, was Halifax. And uh, we always have a good time. We always have uh, a good time as well as good shows and good meals. Uh, I will say that. And I'm lucky to have him here today. My good buddy Ron Jossel's on the show. Comedian Ron hey, Jossel. Man. How you doing, bud? Great. How are you? Where did we go? Remember we were eating in my hotel room one time? Oh, yeah. It was in Cornwall, Ontario. That was Cornwall, yeah. And, and we had some, some barbecue something. St. Hubert. That was amazing. I got to go back. We each, I think we each got full chickens. We did. I finished it that night. Two chick. If we were on Noah's Ark, no more chickens. There would be no. Out of chickens. No, we'd probably start eating all the all the. Other animals after the chicken. Oh, no, it's so good. So good. Same you, Hubert. I like it better than Swiss Chalet. Well, it's the French do Swiss Chalet better than... Uh, chalet is a French word, I believe. What yeah. What is Swiss trying to do? I well, heard the, the person who who came up, who started Swiss Chalet, stole the recipe from St. Hubert's when he used to work there. That wouldn't surprise me. That's yeah. how a lot of restaurants start, right. is somebody steals a recipe and goes elsewhere. Or a comedy club. Yeah, well, that uh, yeah, that idea has been stolen time and time and time again. Every club, comic club owner you, uh, in Canada used to be a comic from Yuck Yucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. There's only two club owners. Two clubs of two chains. Two chains. And then and then the other one, two chains. It sounds like a, rapper, there's a rapper. The rapper there's a rapper chains. named Two Chains, right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if his band was like, yuck, yuck, we drink absolute. <laughs> I can't do any rap That was jokes. good. Uh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Is there a rapper wrestler? John Cena. But like a oh, and, and also um, uh, Ron Killings. What's up? What's up? What was his name? Oh, jeepers! I want to say R. Kelly. No, R. Truth. All oh, right, okay. With gold, he was with Gold Dust. He used to come in rapping. 
to, and then there was also uh, Grandmaster Sexay back oh, in the day. Okay, he was a rapper, and uh, yeah, John Cena was the his whole gimmick when he came in was he was the rap guy. That's funny. It is funny. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like they still have gimmicks. I mean, that's how. You know, well, you, you, John Cena just did poetry with a beat to it. Basically, he's really le- leaping Lanny Poffo. Wow. Coming, except he doesn't have Frisbees. I didn't, bombs. I didn't like how le- leaping Lanny always had to have one foot on the lower rope when he backflips. Yeah. Like he could was, never do it like Jimmy Snooker. Top rope. Yeah. No. He, he had to do it so wimpy. But he was very flamboyant. In oh, the way, yeah. I, I think the wimpiness was the, was the style. Yeah. He was like a nerd, like a thespian. Yeah, like, well, remember when he was Leaping Lanny and he the had poet. sparkle tights? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he read poetry? Yeah, yeah. And he'd that throw out, he'd be, he'd be like, he'd be like, I'm Lanny Poffo and I have a poem. Yeah, yeah. And then, and I've done this on previous episodes, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like he reads a poem, the bell rings, and then the bell rings again, and the match is over, and yeah. Lanny Poffo loses. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason why I got to do this and got over was because he's the Macho Man's brother. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, it's like, you know, who's his tag team partner is probably like, you know, Bill Gilbert or some guy like that you don't even know, like Gilberg or something like that. And mm-hmm. he doesn't get to do a poem. No. It's just like, ah, like much that, when, when it's like, I don't know if there was nepotism or what you'd call it, but any kind of influence through politics, you see the weirdest shit. Yeah. Because it's like, well, this person is the is the brother or the cousin or the friend best friend of the owner or booker of the club or the show oh there's and then you're like what is this person doing there well he was dating the whoever he was like yeah well that's it's like that in wrestling it's like all of hogan's buddies got special treatment like brutus beefcake yeah got a big push he was hogan's buddy but comics don't really can't really do that for other comics because it doesn't it doesn't matter if they tried i mean to be famous has nothing to do with the person the person can't make you famous. He can open the door for you. Yeah, you can only go so far. Yeah, it's like Jim Carrey with Fleming. You, he can only open the door for Fleming for so much. You only can do so many things. You're not Jim Carrey, and very good with his own voices. But you know, you no, know, he's not Jim Carrey, and no. and it's like that. You know, it's like that with a lot of guys. Like like there are a lot of guys out there in comedy that are doing really really well for themselves, and everybody thinks they can do everything for for that for you know like oh I'm his buddy can do everything for me, but it's not that case. See, like basically the only thing they can do is they can get you to open for them. Yeah, that's the that's only it. thing they have 100 yeah. percent power for, or they can they can make that happen. Yeah, I mean I know a couple of guys that used to open for Gabriel Iglesias got Netflix specials, uh, mainly because they, I I, I maybe they showcased for them but they got the foot in the door because of gabriel yeah but they had to knock it out of the park like it's not like if you can't knock it out of the park they're not going to give it to you no exactly that's like you know like well no no stranger to the show uh rory scoville's been on the show and uh and he's also a very good friend of mine and you know we just did jfl 42 together but he got me the opening spots he just said oh and casey's gonna be my opener right and then now all of a sudden i'm in jfl 42 but you know it's uh it's very nice when he can do something like that and you know and i'm appreciative of it and because then i have these four great shows in front of people coming out from the festival to see oh how's this show and then i kill it and then you know hopefully 
that'll roll into next year and and who knows and i'm sure it all happens in wrestling like that too yeah for sure like you know who's good this guy you got to go check him out because the indies are just like the independent comedy circuit in canada right and yuxus court are like the wwe or just for laughs is like the wwe actually yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yuxus is like ring of honor right, right. you know where you want to be and then Japan is America. It's a whole new thing, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't. That's the way I break it down. Like we, so we're talking wrestling. We haven't even started talking wrestling. Right. I don't know if you know about this. They've just announced at this year at the Royal Rumble they're doing a female Royal Rumble. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, the I remember my my goal my my heydays of watching wrestling was definitely in the eighties. Yeah, and so the only thing we had at that time was kind of like you know. Who's the girl? Uh, Cindy Lauper was included in that era. She was like best friends with oh, Wendy Richter. Richter. Yeah. And there was a fabulous Moolah. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of died off. Mm-hmm. And it came back in the 90s a bit. Yeah, with like Medusa Michelli. Yeah. yeah. And then or, yeah. or not Medusa. She became a Lunder Blaze. Right. And then maybe it's like just the whole fact that do you think that the female wrestling is more popular these days and they're doing the Royal Rumble because of UFC, the women? I like- think because, um, number of things, I think female wrestling is more popular now than ever. Right. Uh, it, and it's fantastic. Like it's, they're like, a Charlotte Flair match to me is just as good as any guy's match. Right, she's right. a really good wrestler and a really good worker. Like her and Sasha Banks, they're I'm not a big Sasha Banks fan, but their matches are incredible. Right. And they've main evented Raw, much like Trish and Trish and Lita would. And Trish and Lita, those girls could go too. Lita was amazing. A lo- I love Trish. Who didn't lives love in Toronto, Lita? right? Trish I'm tr- I want to get Trish on the show. But yeah. uh, you know, it's I'm sure she's extremely busy. Yeah. I'm trying to go through my contacts to reach out to her and get her on she the was show. Like neighbors with Kate Davis. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Kate she's talk about. It. It's like, yeah, yeah Trish. Yeah. Well, I just I just try to get Boomer to get her on for me because he banged her. No, he oh. was in a movie with her. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, Bail enforcers or Bail and uh, Body Bounty Hunters? Anyways, they did a movie up here in Canada together. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's wicked. So, so he's you know they keep in touch every now and again. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I saw her was at a McFoley show in Vaughn, and her yoga studio is just around the corner from the Vaughn Yuck Yucks. Who's the girl that's dating one of the Gracies? I'm not H- sure. Henry Gracie, uh, her his wife is was an ex WWE. I wonder who it is. Oh man, um, maybe we'll pull this up on the Google yeah, while yeah. we talk. Henner. Renner. It's, Renner? Yeah, it's R-E-N-E-R, Gracie, and his wife is an ex-WWE uh, okay, wrestler. Okay, let's check this out. So Renner Gracie is the is the guy's name? Yeah, he's like the son of like... Okay. And you used to train with the Gracies, right? Yeah, yeah, back in like 1992 through... No, 93 to around 2000 and... It says Renner Gracie wife. It's actually Google. Somebody else has already Googled it. Oh, Eve Torres. Yeah. Look at how excited I am. Eve Torres. <laughs> she's oh. hot. She's so pretty. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Well, she wasn't the best wrestler. Yeah. But in her generation, the wrestlers weren't the best. They were more, they were, that's when like they were divas. Right. And Beth Phoenix was probably the best wrestler of her generation. Mm-hmm. But Kelly Kelly was in her generation. Michelle McCool, Layla. 
Remember when they put Shamrock and Dan Severn and Tank Abbott in there back in like the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. Well, it was such a weird time because they sucked in acting and they really didn't have any great moves. They were like, Shamrock had more experience because he used to do Japan wrestling, but he would do like old Frankensteiner moves like you would see, you know, done a long time ago. Shamrock was definitely the best out of all those guys. Dan Severn had some decent matches with Owen. But he was like a real shooter. Like he, yeah. He was no, um, there was no charisma. No, to no, him. and no entertainment factor. No, Tank Abbott was. He had charisma because he's like, I'm the beer drinker that's getting like Steve Austin. You think he's a beer drinker? Like, look yeah. at this gut. This is a beer drinker. <laughs> yeah, and I'll knock you the fuck out. Like, yeah. and I used to love that. Like that. These three guys came from the UFC in the early days, and uh, average to mid card best wrestling. Mm-hmm. But yet, one wrestler goes into the UFC by the name of Brock Lesnar. He's the champion in the first match. Well, that's second, how much better wrestling second, is. Second, second match. Second match. Yeah, but got, like, yeah. that's how, that's my argument yeah. against UFC. And then it's like, no, clearly you're wrong. You well, know? he's he, he's definitely a high level wrestler in college. Like, oh, oh my god! Of course, and with Brock that was. size, of course. And that's one of the arts that you could throw in and just know that alone you could almost dominate most of that at that time anyways because like especially like i would imagine i've never watched any of his actual wrestling matches but um i would bet you if brock got on top of you and just rode you for until like on top of the mat he would just wear you down well he just knock you out like when frank mir uh knee barred him the first time his first match in WWE, and which, which is, I mean, first off in the UFC, here's the hardest part about that. Because you're Brock, Brock Lesnar, you cannot just go to the small, you, you small MMA fights. Because how, how stupid would that look? That's like, that's no. like, you know, the, you, you would be making so much more money for these, you know, yeah, for these people that's a, a low budget. And you start, you have to start a low budget in MMA. Uh, fighting to get better till the time you can get to UFC. This guy didn't ha- they had a one match against this Korean guy in uh, in Pride, and then they threw him UFC a couple a year later. Like that, you can't even do that today. You, you, his size and strength no, is is he's his. A, he's a beast. He, he, nobody's nobody's like that. He never played football in his life, and he was the last cut of the Minnesota Vikings one year. Wow! He could have came up and played in the CFL, I'm sure, and had a career. Yeah, but you know, he avoided that because he went into he went into UFC. Yeah, and then then when his he lost to the arm or leg bar, then uh, knee bar, then eventually he beat the guy back up in the next fight, and then knocked out Randy Contour really easily, and that was it. And then. Um, you know, he lost eventually because once you have another wrestler that cannot be thrown to the ground, like Cain Velasquez, yes, then then you have a problem. Yeah, the, you have to learn how to fight in every size you are in UFC. If you don't learn how to fight on your back in jujitsu in a guard position, you're dead. Yeah, so that's what happened. He went on his back and he had no, because he never expected that he'd ever be on his back. I think it's so funny because like it's cool that Brock can go in UFC. Because it helps build his character in the WWE, like yes, because you can go back. because you know he's legitimate, yes, toughest guy in the WWE. So what happened after he won the title? How far? How long did it take him to go back to WWE after he won the title UFC? Within the month, or he didn't do it all? I, I don't think he went and came over at all right away. I can't even remember. But, but it's just when like, he came back, after but when the he UFC, came back, it was like he, his gimmick was changed. He what was, was his gimmick? Well, he was now wearing UFC gear. 
Right. He used he was he used to be a guy in in uh, in in trunks. Right. Right. And just uh, skimpies. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, and this is funny because CM Punk talks about this. CM Punk. Tried wanted, to suicide. tried to wanted to do where Batista. Yeah. He wanted to wear um, gear like like uh, UFC gear with advertising on it. Right. They said no, no, we're not. No, that's not what is going to happen. That doesn't happen here. And then Brock comes back, and he's wearing you know UFC gear with right. advertising on it. But that's the Brock that we're getting now. It's the evolution of the character. He's not the wrestler. He's the UFC guy. Yeah. And he'll knock you out or he'll take you down. He's the beast incarnate, and he's still and, doing it. And he's still doing. It. Oh yeah, he well he'll like he wrestled at two hundred. I mean he UFC two hundred. He did that. Yeah, and you know he'll still go. He still talks about going back, right? Because he can't. But he's getting up there in age. But yeah, it's hard he's to do so. He's just such a physical specimen. It's unreal. And you know it's like and you know he likes UFC better because he doesn't like people. Yeah, I think he likes delivering pain i think so too and you could tell in his interviews he's not a people person no. like i would never want him on the show no. i don't even if i ever saw him i think i would just like well he's also isolates I, himself from the public and well, he's out in saskatchewan yeah with jeepers. his wife well sable i yeah. keep her in saskatchewan oh, too yeah. jeepers uh <laughs> he but here's this funny we're talking about how he's like it's, it gives him legitimacy now we have a woman's royal rumble coming up Right, Charlotte Flair has already announced that the winner will wrestle her at WrestleMania. There are rumors that Ronda Rousey has been in Florida training at the Performance Center. Oh my God! And uh, I'm going to say this right now: I think Ronda Rousey is going to be an unannounced entrant in the Royal Rumble, and she's going to win, and it's going to make all the headlines because she's going to walk right into WrestleMania. And don't be surprised if Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey are at the top of the marquee at WrestleMania this year because Ronda Rousey does not she's she's the top of the marquee. She's Ronda Rousey. What a great move for her. Well, it's about you know what? She should be She's the, gonna make millions as a professional wrestler. That's great. And she's already got, you know, she's got the she's name. She's cute. She's cute, she's perfect for it. Yeah. And she can be the Brock Lesnar. Of the female division, but she's, but uh, how tall are the other female wrestlers? There's some female wrestlers that are like five two. Okay, so that's it. Doesn't tiny, matter. Yeah. Tiny, yeah. it doesn't matter. Her, her, I heard her. She has like crazy bo. Well, I don't care. Me either. But, I well, just, so, I just but you, when you wrestle, like you're not supposed to smell good. Exactly, and and they, uh, Misha Tate and whoever always keeps talking about it. I'm like. You girls, probably, guys and girls are going to stink when you fight. Yeah. Like, you're sweating. Like, well, who cares if you stink? Yeah. I'm sure that helps. Oh, she doesn't fighting. wear makeup when she fights, too. Like, all the yeah. divas, all the WWE girls. When you're on TV, you want to wear makeup when, before you get beat up. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. That'd be a great uh, move for her, and that'd also be a good move for the UFC. That's a, a great... Because... People love falling champions and the comeback, and that's a good comeback. Not the root, not the no, UFC comeback. And, you know, people will say what they want to say. Yeah, but the fact of it is, R R Ronda Rousey was in a couple of WrestleManias ago. She teamed up with The Rock, Rock and she yeah. threw, and she yeah, gave yeah, a Hunter an arm yeah. drag or something, or yeah, a, yeah. Flip, a judo flip. Yeah, and you know, this summer they had the women's tournament. Yeah, and her friend Shayna. Mm -hmm. Who is a former UFC fighter? I like that name. I love the name Shayna. I, mean, I I'd love to name my daughter Shayna, but I'd rather date a girl named Shayna. I'm yeah. I know a girl named Shayna. I I wouldn't mind. 
I know one girl named Shauna, and I don't like it. I go, can you just can I call you Shana? She's no, like, no. Shana's better. Shana, it sounds I love like Shana. Sounds like Raina James from Nashville. Oh yeah, Raina. That's another good Raina. name. Any anything with Ana. Yeah, I like it. Not anal. Ana. <laughs> Anna, not really. No, no Ana. I like Ana. If I was dating an Anna, I was like, can we call you Ana? And if I was de- dating an Ina from Russia, I'd say, can I call you Ana? Yeah. Just say I'm having trouble. You just said the same thing. I'm just gonna call you Shana. Yeah. <laughs> Shana Banana. Or what about just Shane? Like Shane, Shane World, Shane's World. I love Shane's World. I love Shane's it World. It was too. one of my favorite introductions to porn when I was 19 or 18, and I kept going back to the same porn store. I was like, "Do you have any more of the the up and comers with Randy Ress, or do you have debut debutantes, or did you have the Shane's World?" And she's like, "He's like." We get Shane's World every every month. We have a new Shane's World. And I, I went up to, like, what number? Like, College Invasion. They, they branched out to one College Invasion. And then they went like doing fun uh, hunts, like these, these treasure hunts. And I used to have so much fun renting that. Yeah. Because it was fun when there wasn't sex. Yeah. But when no, they, they were very entertaining. Yeah. But when there was sex, I was like, whoa, I know She's you. She's entertaining. Yeah. 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 They did an episode in Ottawa. Yes, uh, the it was a it was college invasion, and they made and all these. Tiffany guys. Towers was, was yeah uh, from uh, she used to strip at uh, at a place here in town. Yeah, in Ottawa. we're in Ottawa right now. I remember they went to Ottawa. Yeah, because you could see and they went to Windsor too. Too. That's crazy. Yeah, That's so and funny. Imagine the kids because they're our age now. Yeah, so they must be going. Hey, they have children, and imagine they 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 because a lot of the college kids did this. Oh yeah, they had to sign waivers. They are our age right now. They have children. They're probably like 45, and they're like, yeah, man, if my son ever finds me or my daughter sees me on, on you porn, if you because if you put college invasions, all of them come up now. Yeah. You don't have to rent them. No. And I'm like, that kid must be like, fuck, I'm an idiot. That's insane. It's insane. Speaking of porn, I uh, put up a post on, on the Instagram, on the Talking Wrestling Instagram, a Talking Wrestling podcast. Uh, that's where it is. I I think it was something about Val Venus, and right. then Val Venus Entertainment liked it, and then followed me. Oh wow! I followed the show, mm-hmm. so I immediately followed him back, and then I sent him a DM, and I said, "Hey, uh, Val, uh, yeah. I said um, uh, I don't know how often you come up to Toronto. I know you're from around here, but next time you come up, uh, would you want to meet at a vape lounge?" Maybe, uh, you know, maybe one on Queen Street and, you know, and do my podcast. I'll bring my equipment and we could just do it at the vape lounge. Right, right. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll let you know next time I'm in town. Well, that's and cool. I was like, because I know he loves to smoke weed. Right. And he loves vaping. And I heard he where Mike Rita does the shows. Mm-hmm. He hangs out there. Wow. When he's in town. So hello, I just sort ladies. of. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Freddie Porteous do that. Oh. Like 10, 15 years after he stopped doing it. Yeah. All of Freddie's and Porteous impressions were 10, 15 years after they should have been like stopped. Like he would do Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And if Freddie, you're listening, I love you. I was just saying that it's so funny that you do that. Yeah. Oh, but it's Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. He would do that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. And then he would do um, uh, Steve Cox. Or really? no, he, no, he would do the the Italian bon- guy dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Steve Cox used to do it in his act. Yeah, I remember that. So there was a, always a few. Everybody dance now. Dun 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 dun. Oh yeah, Comedy Club Fifty Four. Steve yeah. like 
uh, Steve Cox owned that show. Oh, right. He used to be on it like so many times. I'm not dancing. I'm creating. Yeah. I was like, and then you get the macho guy, the stud, the Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just barely moving. Oh, I'm in my head. I'm doing this dance. You, you don't I used to, to love watching that with other comics. We just laugh at her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was so silly. It's, I bet you they're like, yeah, it's like, I'm sure. It's the same in wrestling where they want to see certain things, that, yeah, especially yeah. in house shows. Yeah. Like I bet you, if you you wanted to go watch Owen Hart wrestle, right? Because Brett would throw him in a sharpshooter and he would like pretend he's smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and it would be like that would be the funniest thing ever just to right. watch. Yeah. Or um, you know, watch Randy Orton throw one of the Singh brothers. Yeah. <laughs> like that's insane. Uh, do you watch a lot of wrestling these days? Uh, these days, not as much, but you know. Um I, I mean, again, my heyday was literally when I was a kid all the way up to probably 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have uh, I remember taping every Royal Rumble on pay-per-view. I think when um, the Blue Blazer died, I kind of stopped. It kind of bugged me. Yeah. I think when he died, 97, I think, I kind of stopped. I was like, oh, that was awful. Like, it didn't. Oh, sit well that me. night, well, that night, ah, you know, it kind of made me stop watching wrestling. It's a good. It was. Uh, it was horrible. I remember. Well, I remember that. Like that day, I like I met. We rented the damn thing. I on, on pay per view. I watched it with my in my in my house with my mom, and my sister. Oh, so you remember that delay? So you were yeah. watching him uh, getting ready, and all of a sudden, it was like a weird thing where. Well, they, you watched a video of him. Yeah. I'm doing his actions. Yeah. And then it was him cutting the promo and he's like, Take your vitamins and drink your milk. And he yeah. like chugged the milk and then he went, Woo. And then it was, went to a black screen. Yeah. And then there was another was, match. And then there was like JR no, JR made an announcement because oh, yeah, he right. fell during the video. Yeah. The video was playing as he fell. Like he fell on he fell on. He hit the turnbuckle. He fell on the turnbuckle on his he chest. He fell on the turnbuckle, and then when he hit the turn, hit the turnbuckle, like he hit the turnbuckle, and then when he hit the ground, his um, one of his heart valves separated from the heart, and the heart. And, yeah, and he well, he died of a broken heart. His heart broke. Oh my God, this is and, a, and he a, bled internally. Been, he filled up with blood internally, and he didn't make it to the hospital. And they have this on video somewhere. Well. Nobody has it on video because nobody was expecting him to come down, fall down. But people had cell phones that night. But it was it was different cell phone quality, and the 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 arena was black because they're playing the video. But what about the actual cameraman? I would wonder if there was ever footage of it, but I would never want to see it. Me either. But like, it's there. It's it's you, you know it's somewhere who, there. You know who did see it was um, he was yelling at Jimmy Cordeas, the referee, to get out of the way because Jimmy Cordeas was already standing. In the turnbuckle in the ring as Owen was coming down. Holy shit! And his arm hit Jimmy Corderas. Oh God! It's in his book. He talks about it in his book. So Jimmy was there, and then you know, like I think his last words might have been a Jerry Lawler. He's you know he's he said a few things to Jerry Lawler, but he was turning blue very quickly, you know. And we didn't see any of this. We just saw like the kerfuffle. Then they went to an interview, I think, with Deborah. Yeah. And Deborah and Jeff Jarrett had to wrestle next. Yes, and, he, and he Deborah was crying. was crying. And Jeff Jarrett's like, "Owen, hang in there, buddy." And he left crying. And I thought, I can't believe they're making them wrestle 
Yeah. In this emotional state. It's, I remember when Jazzman got punched out by Russell Peters and the Nubian show, and he was out cold on his back, but he was holding his beer up for some reason. But anyways, <laughs> uh, and then Kenny was it's like, get up, kid, you're on next. And I was just like, you're going to make him go do stand-up? Oh, my God. And he was not there. No. And Kenny went up stage and goes, your next comic, um, whatever, is Jazzman. And Jazz is like walking, just blinking his eyes, and he was like, oh, What's up, Nubians? Like, he looked like he just woke up. Because he just did. Because he just did. And while he was doing it, did, obviously didn't do well. But his his eyes started, Shut a shiner up. started forming. So yeah. the crowd was like, what is happening to his eye? Oh, my God. They're just like, and then he got off the stage. He was like. He got hit by a Russell Peters punchline. Yeah. <laughs> and Russell boxes. Yeah. Too, oh, he, like, he punched him one punch and knocked him down. That's the best. Yeah, I remember he was, you know, he was making fun of it at 2007 just for laughs. Who is Chaz Man? You know, you do the yeah, yuck yeah, yucks yeah. dinner at the yeah, yeah. Rib place. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking trash, and Rouse and I were just sitting down at the other end, like, shut the fuck up, you're a loser. Right, right, you know, right. it was so so sad, but um. But where were we? Well, what were we saying right before his that? death? His death. His death. Yeah, yeah. So then I remember, then Jim Ross came on and made the speech later on after the match that Owen Hart had passed, and uh, I I was baffled because earlier that day I was in Ottawa at the Memorial Cup final, mm-hmm. and the sixty sevens were playing the Calgary Hitman, and Bret Hart was there, and I went and I got his autograph that day. I remember you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was weird. Is that just stroke? I met Bret. That was pre-stroke. Oh, everything was still going great in this Brett's life at that point. Right, he was well. He was with WCW, mm-hmm. but he was about to fly off to go do the Tonight Show. Right, uh, to promote their pay-per-view. Ultimately, and, the best, the best uh, tag team. Like I, I remember them, British Bulldogs, were their their matches were unbelievable. Yeah, like it was like watching a, an orchestrated dance. Their matches were like. Especially the time, how quick their matches were. Yeah, and um, it's so smooth. And it's so smooth. And they, they, they all, you know, they were all related to each other somehow. Yeah, because somebody married. Uh, I mean, Dynamite uh, Kid was Brett's brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and Davy Boy was his brother-in-law, and Jim was his brother-in-law. They were all Brett's brother-in-law. Yeah. And you know, it's just it's sort of weird, but. Um, but it was so good. And now you watch uh, Harry Smith, Davy Boy Smith Jr. in New Japan. He's fantastic. I've never seen him. Oh, he's Harry he's, Smith. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a heart. He's he's a heart. He's a third generation. Wow. Stu Hart's his grandfather. Davy Boy is his father. So is it is he in UHO? I mean, UFO. He's in New Japan. New Japan, which is the, per, used to be called UF, UFO. UFO, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the I mean Hogan used to go back there yeah. back in the day, and the guy just he got his knee fucked up, and you know the, they they it's it's really the wrestling over there. Like I love Japanese wrestling. Me too. You know, I, before Rowdy died, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, he actually opened for Russell one night, and we were talking until like five in the morning, and he was telling us how his I don't know if it's in a book or anything, or he he said he went to Japan. And he had to do some fight before Muhammad Ali versus uh, Anoki. Yeah, Anoki, yeah. So he was kind of like the, a couple of matches to warm up. He was the on show. the undercard, yeah. Yeah, and um, he Muhammad Ali just said, look, 
nobody knows who you are and if you want to name you know you gotta you gotta be a little bit more louder than who you, what you are doing right now and he because he learned from gorgeous george yeah uh, muhammad ali and so muhammad's like when they do the press conference and all this stuff just go i want to take you on and i'll be like get out of your kid and all of a sudden just attack me and slam me on the table and this is Piper telling me this. Yeah. And he's like, so I, they were doing the interview. He cued me. And I went, I want to take you on. And he gave himself the name Rowdy, Rowdy Piper after that. But then after that, he picked up uh, Muhammad Ali and slammed on the table. Yeah. And everybody wanted to watch his fight. Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. And oh my God, now yeah. we have to watch his fight early yeah. on. Yeah. Because he said... Muhammad Ali was the nicest guy in the world, and he was just like he wanted to help. He wanted to help this kid. That I just think he loved wrestling too. He, oh, yeah, of course. If you if you watch Gorgeous George, I mean, if you're influenced by Gorgeous George, you watch wrestling in that era. Yeah, that era was your era. So you know Muhammad Ali learned from that those guys, mm-hmm. and one of the best sales people in entertainment. Yeah, like you know, because you look at how many athletes today model themselves after Ali. Yeah, and they think he's the first guy that ran his mouth and backed it up, you know. Because now the athletes are dime a dozen like this. Yeah, every but single it's, person. But it's like, but there's somebody that inspired him. Yeah, to do which that. was a which is a wrestler. Yeah, because the wrestler George. they were the best in marketing. Showman. Best showman marketing skills are off the chain. You know, a lot of athletes are not good marketers and they're not very charismatic. But you see, fucking Muhammad Ali. Learning from these guys, like yeah, man, yeah. yeah. There's comics should start learning from these from WWE people. I model a lot of things. After <laughs> my, I look you, at my that's my why you go in there with a wrestling. singlet. Yeah, you should come on stage with a singlet. Would well, you, what would you wear if you were a wrestler? Uh, if and I for, was, what would your name be first of all? Well, see, here's the thing. When I was in, when I was a kid and I was wrestling in the uh, the Edward Street Wrestling Society, the right. EWS. Uh, I was the Leaping Lizard. I was a Jimmy Snooker. Really? Knock- I was a Snooker knockoff. I was a small one. Wow. I wore, I had to. Uh, That's a, hilarious. I wore a Hawaiian flowered towel, beach towel, yeah. like like a dress. Yeah. And I taped my ankles, and I wrestled in bare feet, and I taped my my uh, my thing, <laughs> my my wrists. How and, old uh, you? know, like uh, grade seven, That's grade amazing. six, seven, yeah. and uh, my finishing would be the flying body press off the top of the doghouse. You know, and uh, onto the mattress, like onto the person. Right. But I'd loved, like Ricky Steamboat and Superfly. I loved, and uh, like I love all Ricky. those guys. They all like all those Samoans, like the early guys. Ricky See, was what Japanese Hawaiian or something? Like that? No, he's just uh, American. Okay. Well, no, no, his mother is uh, uh, Japanese. Is I think a, heritage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not actually from Honolulu. He's from like Poughkeepsie. What New York. New York? Yeah, yeah. He revealed that on my show. That was the, <laughs> that's the worst place ever. Well, that's where they used to do all the tapings in the eighties. I said, "How weird is that? Like you, you were in a, a military family and you move all around, move all around. You're born in Poughkeepsie, but every time you go back to do taping, you have to go back to your goddamn hometown." How and, old is he? You know, he's sixty four right now. Oh wow! Ripped. Wow. Was in the ring in Kingston and like no shirt. No, no, no. He look at. He could have took his shirt off and looked great. Yeah. But in Kingston, he got in the ring and he threw a couple chops and a vintage down on one knee chop to the gut, oh, wow. and uh, 
Oh, remember I, when I we had the huge. Komodo dragon, and then Jake the Snake had the snake, and they rammed each other. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the funniest thing. Ever. Literally, that's like, that's like, what do you do? That's it's like, like it. you know, what it's like, it's like your joke <laughs> yeah. where you take, you can't take two positives and pug yeah. against each other. Where two guys, yeah, bang their dicks together. Yeah, you can't smash two animals together on stage. No, like head first. Nowadays, they wouldn't be able to get away with no one way. animal, let yeah. alone any of those animals. Two animals, and and then they, and then they made them walk around. Like the lizard was just looking around. It's not even a lizard. It's a crocodile. It is crocodile. It's a goddamn crocodile. <laughs> They're like, uh, it's a, it's a lizard. <laughs> it's a dragon. There's you no know, fire. You know, one of, some of the best commentators was like, you know, like when, when Adrian Adonis used to wrestle, it was Ventura, Ventura, and Gorilla Monsoon. And yeah. Monsoon was my favorite because he'd be like, he someone would throw. Uh, of Adrian Adonis against their turnbuckles and he would flip over. Like, he was so dexterous for a fat guy. And especially when he got hurt. And, yeah. And Monsoon would be like, look at that fat. Like, it was just... It or was no, so that's not, no, I think that's Vince McMahon. Was it? Yeah, that's something like Vince McMahon. Look at how fat that man is. <laughs> He's a cesspool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the funny is, I used to love McMahon... I mean, McMahon, I used to like Ventura's commentating, and Gene, and Monsoon was so funny. Yeah, Gorilla like, Monsoon. Guys well, Gorilla Monsoon, I thought, was better with Bobby Heenan. Yeah. And Jesse was great with Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. Jesse and Vince, I thought, were really good tonight, where he'd be like, let me tell you something, McMahon. Yeah, and then he'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would go on about something ridiculous. Remember like, he used to be like the, the body, and then he would, I remember one time he posed for everybody, and it would looked awful. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I guess he didn't he, have a great body. Like he had a he, good body. He, when he started, it was great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was ripped. But anyway, you're 20. Yeah. But, and then and when he started doing flexing, there's a the time of the predator came out, and he would do like a side chest pose, and and I was like, he's 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 not ripped. No. Right, but no. and, and everybody would be like clapping, and then but he was a bad guy. So the the fact that he doesn't have the best body, and he calls himself the body, yeah, that makes it great. I used to love the body shop. Piper's Pit, the Snake Pit, the I, I lose uh, even funeral parlor, funeral parlor, uh, even the, the barber shop, barber shop. Jimmy Snooker had a thing. Oh yeah. no, no, no! He got his head broken with the with the coconut. coconut. That with was the, uh, that was Piper's Pit, dude. That was were so fun days. I yeah. loved. I mean, I bet it's amazing now, but it's not like. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. Before it was so cartoony. Yeah, it was so cartoony before. I loved it. I love. Yeah, I love that era. So I was the leaping lizard, and but now what uh, would you wear? Well, now. I would, now now if I was to wear now, I think I would wear something like uh, like what Kevin Owens wears a double, double like a cut off t shirt yeah. and like and the and the the gym shorts yeah and uh, you know or maybe I'd want to wear just something like a full bodysuit like nails. Yeah, like be a convict maybe or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's just so many different things. Like, who's the Filipino wrestler called the Filipino? Was there a Filipino wrestler yeah. called the Filipino? He was called the for WWE. He was he lasted like five months. I don't even remember him. He was the Filipino, <laughs> and I'm like, that's your name. He he actually now works backstage as a male nurse. I swear he does. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But he he was a hairdresser, so his hair was always like crazy. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Who did you have a crush on? Like, uh, girl-wise? For, for WWE. Uh, for WWE? Um, Lita was a big one. Lita was a crush. Yeah, she was, because, she was a terrorist. Because of the thong. Oh, yeah, that's the right. The Lita th- yeah. thong. Like, that's the first girl to wear the thong above the 
Gene Line, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you saw a girl in American Pie wear it, and then every girl was wearing it. Who's like the that. one that took off their pants and showed their thong to the audience and shook it? Oh, that was like Terry Reynolds. Yeah. Like, um, what was her name? Uh, Goldust and Marlena. Marlena. I always like Sonny. Sonny was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and now Sonny's like, you know, you can like go and Skype with her, and she'll like do things for you you ask her to do things if you pay her she'll do things my friend has has a job he's a comedian in vegas and his job also during the day yeah is he shoots girls that have that strip for video sites yeah or do things too yeah and so he asked me to come watch and he's like oh there's one girl that she's she she uh needs me to film her today and we have like a bunch (laughs) of stuff the you know dildos and I'm like, yeah. So she's like, if you want to watch, she's cool with that she kind of needs an audience member to even get into it more. And yeah. so I'm like, where is it? It's like in my hotel room. I'm like, what? Like we we're both doing shows at the factory there. Yeah. And so he set it up, and it was just, it was so weird, but it was also fun. But it was like weird. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you remember the time when Carl DeMarco would come out to Yak Yaks when we do Yak Yak shows? Yeah. And Carol DeMarco would sit in the audience, oh, yeah. and then we get excited because Carol DeMarco is there, and uh, and then you know you had your jokes where you used to do jokes about looking like the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> oh, man. I remember did a, I did a joke in uh, when I did the Kevin Hart's LOL taping. I did the Rock joke about how I look like a Rock off season or whatever. Yeah, and and he actually came up to me. He was like, "I like that Rock joke." Like, I was like, cool, thanks, man. I bet you it's like that. And now, look at the chemistry between him and The Rock now. Holy shit. They're like the new tag team. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in entertainment. They are so good together. What is this, their third movie, Jumanji, coming out? Yeah. They must be best friends now. When you watch them do Ellen and whatever talk show they're on, they're just very, very good together. Yeah. And they play off each other very well. Unbelievable. And The Rock usually gets the better of them. Yeah, but Kevin Hart gets some really good jabs in. Yeah, the one they they the I think is as kindergarten. Is it kindergarten? Make, you make fun of each other like how kindergartens. Yeah, do? I saw that recently. That was fun. Yeah, that's on YouTube. That's fantastic. It's so great to see The Rock doing so well in entertainment. You know what? Out of all the wrestlers, him, Cena, funny people. Cena's great. Cena's amazing, and I, and and, they, and they, they nobody could back in the eighties and nineties even get to the level of The Rock. And Cena are now in movies. Like yeah. no, nobody transferred from wrestling to that level. Hulk Hogan was never that entertaining. No, why? as a comedian, he just what? No, he just wasn't. On he t- wasn't. movies, he was good in Rocky. Yeah, well, as that a was wrestler. that's uh, while well, he played. Played him when he but, played a regular. It was just not as fun. Ah, uh, well, folks, uh, we've uh, come to another uh, end uh, of an episode. Uh, this is a short one because uh, this is all the. My card has uh, room for apparently, and uh, oh my God. and I'm not uh, Mr. Captain prepared unless I can find another card in here, and we can go overtime. But uh, we'll see what happens with that because I'm pretty sure my card is at home in the computer where uh, it shouldn't be. So because I'm uh, so prepared doing this podcast, don't you love the sound of Velcro, Ron? Where can we find you online and everything? Uh, what are you at, coming uh, up for Twitter? It's at Ron Jossel, R O N J O S O L. IG, Instagram, it's at Ron or Ron Jossel one, like the the number one. Facebook, Ron Jossel, R O N J O S O L. So you'll find out whatever my dates are, and then um, yeah, just keep plugging away. 
Awesome. And uh, so, yeah, we can find you all in those places on the um, Instagram and on the Twitter. So hit Ron Jossel up, follow him on those, and uh, check him out. Make sure to go to your website. Uh, I used to. Who is a website these days? Nerds. I, I, I honestly don't need one. No, you have enough social medias. Yeah. We can find you. He's probably the most Googleable Ron Jossel on the internet. There's a Ron Jossel, two other Ron Jossels that already emailed me and, and Facebooked me, and they... Try to sell you their name? No, they're from the Philippines, obviously, and uh, but they kind of look like me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, that's it, weird. It's weird. This seems to be running still. I'm going to go until... Okay, I'm going to wind up the show now, and then we're going to keep running till we go out. Okay, cool. Okay, so, uh, folks, hey, if this ends at any moment, I want to thank you. Don't forget to do the rate, review, subscribe. Don't forget to five stars, review, and get your postcard. We'll send you the postcard from the 80s, early 80s postcards wrestlers. Oh, I love it. I send them out. Ricky Steamboat, we're auctioning off for our lucky winner. There's one that's signed by Ricky Steamboat, Um, and that'll be given away later this month. In the month of January in 2018. I can't believe it's 2018. Folks, so many good things to look forward to this year. Ron, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? My favorite wrestler of all time would probably have to be... Um, man, there's so many good ones. Um, Brett, top five. Uh, Steamboat. Because of the, as a child, I always loved him. So them two for sure. I asked him... About fighting ninjas. What did he say? He told me the temple was in Philadelphia. Oh my god! And I was like, and then I said, I watched it on YouTube, and um, one of the ninjas had sneakers, <laughs> and I questioned their validity, and he said that three of them were redheaded and, and seven of them were white guys, but they were all karate guys. That's funny. And I said, so none of them were ninjas. <laughs> and he said, no. And I was like, this is a big letdown, you know? Yeah. There's only like three uh, surviving ninjas <coughs> today in Okinawa. Really? There's only three surviving ninjas? Well, the one guy, well, he's a, he's a the samurai. So that's totally different. Cause, but he does know, he does teach ninjutsu. Uh, this is a guy on the net that they found in Okinawa that actually has incredible sword. Uh, Hey folks, sorry that interview ended the way it did. Not exactly as I planned, as I brought the wrong memory card. Uh, a little bit of a mess up on my uh, end, but um, no worries. Where we make a mistake, we just fix it with something, uh, something uh, of equal or better value. And uh, that was a great interview with Ron Jossel. Uh, but as a bonus treat on the first issue of the uh, new year, 2018, uh, I've decided to. Uh, put on an audio recording of me telling my Undertaker story uh, live at Absolute Comedy on December 3rd of last year when I was opening up the Ricky Steamboat show. So um, I hope you enjoy this uh, this story of me and my buddy Chris Cody uh, from earlier in the uh, year. Or, well, not earlier in the year. This is the first issue. Earlier last year or late last year, well, Chris Cody, check out his issue. That was last November, I do believe. But anyways, he's with me, and he's the man in the story. And uh, this is um, this is my story of how I met The Undertaker, and I hope you enjoy it. Folks, I'm going to tell you one story, and then we're going to get the show going and, and, and bring, up, uh, bring up the headliner. But first, first of all, let me say, um, we ask you no pictures during the performance, 
and uh, no recording, obviously. Um, after the show, there's a meet and greet, and there'll be plenty of time to take pictures out there. So, uh, yeah, that's the worth it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of woos tonight. They confused. It's Steve Hope, not Ric Flair. But, you know, you're excited. You're excited. I get it. I get it. You know, they, they were married at one point for about a thousand matches. So, that's, that's all right. Um, uh, I, I, here's the story I'm going to tell you. Uh, one night, I met The Undertaker. And, uh, and I had a conversation with him. And I don't know many people that have had conversations with The Undertaker. So I tell this story because I know I'm one of the few. So here's what happened. Uh, I used to work at a restaurant called the Lone Star Cafe or Texas Cigar Grill. There's one downtown on Front Street. We're not, well, I don't know. It's moved somewhere now. But there was one there for years. Anyways, I used to work at the one in Ottawa. And the original owner was, his name was Val Belcher. And he played the CFL. And he was from Texas. And Val Belcher said to me one day, he said, Casey, you, uh, you watch a lot of wrestling. I was like, yeah. He goes, and this is 1997. He says this to me. He goes, you know a wrestler by the name of The Undertaker? I was like, um, yeah, everybody knows The Undertaker. He's the fucking Undertaker. And, but Val didn't know. He goes, oh, yeah, well, uh, our daddies grew up together. And we were best friends, our daddies, we grew up together and our daddies were best friends. And that's what he told me. And then I looked at him and I told him, well, that's impossible because everybody knows the Undertaker's daddy died in a funeral parlor fire. <laughs> but he doesn't watch wrestling, so he, he doesn't even know if the Undertaker's popular. He doesn't know. He looked at me and he's like, his daddy didn't die in a funeral parlor fire. I was just confused. I'm like, never mind. Anyway, what about The Undertaker? And he said to me, he's like, well, if you ever see The Undertaker, can you tell him I said hello? He's like, yeah, next time I'm fucking drinking beers with The Undertaker. <laughs> talking about good old stories. I'll tell him, hey, can Val Belcher said hello? <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. When, when do you meet The Undertaker? It doesn't happen. So three months go by. It's the second, it's two nights after the Montreal screw job. It's the night that Rick Rude appeared on Raw and Nitro in Cornwall, Ontario. And somehow, I ended up with backstage passes. And uh, that's a whole other story in itself. So I'm with this guy, Chris Cody. Chris Cody was on my podcast last week. We talked about this story. It's very, very funny. Chris Cody is such a wrestling fan. He, he, he like, when he met Superfly Snooker for the first time, he said, uh, Jimmy, Sno Superfly Snooker, I'm, I'm can I ask you a question? And he, Superfly was like, uh, yeah. And then he said, um, WrestleMania 7, when you wrestled a virtually unknown man by the name of The Undertaker, uh, and he beat you for the 1, 2, 3 to begin the streak, did you know that he had the great makings to be the champion that he is today? And Snooker went, what? <laughs> yeah, the question wasn't even about Jimmy Snooker. Why should he care, right? Yeah. So that's my friend in a nutshell. Everything is about The Undertaker. So we're, he goes, where do we go? With, so we get these backstage passes, like, where do we go? I was like, let's just go to where they leave. How about, like, by where the cars are? That would be a good idea. We won't get in their way, and we can see them all as they come out. Sure enough, we went back there, and they all started coming out. Vader locked his keys in his car. Uh, you know, uh, gold dust just fucked right off. You know, uh, we only had two pictures on our camera, and all of a sudden, Brian Lee and Stone Cold come out. So we're like, oh, my God, we got a picture of Stone Cold. He's like, what about Brian Lee? I'm like, mm, who cares? You know, and, but then my friend, who knew everything about wrestling, 
He's like, hey, Brian Lee, um, you were the fake Undertaker, right? And he's like, yeah, I was the Undertaker. And then he goes, you were also the best man at the Undertaker's wedding, right? Like, this is 97. There wasn't, the internet wasn't popular back then. Where the fuck is this guy getting his information? <laughs> How many times is he asking his parents to call me and Gene on the fucking hotline? <laughs> I don't know. But he knows everything. So the wrestlers keep coming out, the wrestlers keep coming out, and then finally, we wait, there's no more wrestlers, and then all of a sudden, who appears? The Undertaker. That's exactly what you think. He's in the full black duster trench coat. He's got a bandana on, his hair is soaking wet, he's just got out of the shower, and he's wearing sunglasses. And he's just, and he's just walking. And, he, and, he, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, and my friend's like, oh my God, it's The Undertaker. Oh my God, Undertaker. I'm so excited. Undertaker. I don't even know what to say. I've always wanted to meet you. Undertaker, you're my favorite wrestler. And then he's like, looks at his bag and he goes, can I take your bags to your tour van? And The Undertaker just went. And then he just left. And then now I'm standing there with The Undertaker and we're just watching my idiot friend take his luggage to The Undertaker's tour van. And, and I look at him and I was like, fuck, I got something to say to this guy. <laughs> I said, excuse me, Mr. Taker, and he went, he looks at me, and I was like, um, we have a friend in common. Um, my boss is this big old Texan who used to play in the CFL and owns a Lone Star Cafe, and his name is Val Belcher, and then all of a sudden, the Undertaker stops, he, he just takes off his glasses, he looks at me, he goes, Val Belcher from Houston, Texas? I was like, yeah, Val Belcher from Houston, Texas. And he goes, we grew up together. Our daddies were best friends. I said, I said, I know that's what he told him, and then I had to let him know that your daddy died in a funeral party fire. Well, the Undertaker does not even laugh or break a smile. He no-sells it. And I go, I go, well, he said if I ever see you to say hello, and, and he was like, and my friend's starting to come back, he goes, will you do me a favor? He's like, what? He goes, can you tell Val, Mark Calloway says hello back. And I was like, Mark Calloway, he goes, I'm Mark. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so then I said, oh, I'm sorry about my friend. And he goes, no problem, we get him every now and again. <laughs> Some of you might be here tonight, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So then, what happened next was he puts his sunglasses back on because he doesn't want to talk to my friend. And my friend comes back, and at the same time, a page or one of the road agent guys comes with this beautiful blonde. And there's only three people left. That blonde's going home with one of us, and it's not me. It's not my buddy. And she, so so he's so she starts saying, "Mark, let's go. Mark, let's go." And I know it's not. Sarah, because that's on his name, on his neck, and that's not her, because I know, because I see her from TV. It's not her. It's another blonde. And, and, uh, and, and so anyway, um, the, it's clear that they're going to hook up, right? And then my friend comes back, he goes, I still don't know what question to ask you. I still don't know what to ask you. I was like, he's got to go, Chris, just let him go. And he goes, okay, um, how are your wife and kids? I was like, And then this is what happened. He took off his glasses, his eyes were rolled in the back of his head, and he goes, you claim to know me. You talk to me like you know me. My friend dropped to his knees. He goes, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. 
And then the Undertaker didn't say anything. He just put his glasses back on, and then he just fucking walked off into the November fog, and I never saw him ever again. That's my story. Pretty crazy. I never talked to a zombie before. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 